It is 7.05 on your Wednesday evening, ready to get at it here. Another hour of Employment Law with Lior, and uh, your raps are playing tonight, too. So do, are, do you have tickets to this game? No, because uh, okay. they're playing in Atlanta, so it's going to be tough to, for me to make it on time. You're not sprinting out of here. No, I'm not. Post haste no. at 8 o'clock. I got you. Uh, we always get to your phone calls as well, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And you can email as well. That'll be uh, fine. Lior at employmenthour.com. And his number outside of show hours. I'll give you this one. This is for any time. 416-216-5900. We always start with the week that was. The week that was. And I'm kind of kind of pumped about it uh, this week, John. Uh, first of all, here to talk about employment law and then answer your questions. If you're in a workplace uh, situation, you don't know what to do. Either you lost your job or someone's making your life difficult. Well, guess what? We're here to give answers. We're here to tell you uh, how to solve those problems. But uh, the week that was, uh, I actually was almost late to the studio today, John, because I was dealing with a matter that, that needed my immediate attention. Mm-hmm. So here's what happened. I actually got a, an email uh, last night from a gentleman uh, who heard about me through someone that listened to the show who told him you got to call uh, Lior. So he emailed me, said, I was lost my job. Here's a copy of my termination letter. I, I worked for the company for 19 years. Right. Tell me what you think. Well, uh, I looked at the termination letter. I said, well, you know, it's, it's quite good uh, in the sense that he was only offered six months pay after 19 years. <laughs> He's owed a lot more. So yes. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to tell him exactly what we're going to do. We've got to resolve. Life is good. And then uh, I, I, I looked at, it, at the date on this letter, and it was dated December the 4th, 2013. Okay, December the 4th. And I immediately got into a bit of a panic. Why? Because as some of our listeners know by now, there is a strict two-year limitation period when it comes to losing your job. You have two years to pursue those entitlements. So that would have expired this Friday. So I uh, immediately got into action. I emailed them and said, we need to speak first thing uh, Wednesday morning. And and we did. And uh, I told them, you're owed another year's pay easily over and above what uh, you've been uh, offered. But I need to deal with this now because if I wait till Friday, you're you're out of luck. I can't do anything for you. You would have lost on a year's pay. So he's asked me to help him. I was in my office uh, right before the show drafting some documents that I need to have filed tomorrow. Uh, and I got it done on time and I'm very happy. But, uh, you know, don't, don't give Why me Why the delay? Well, he didn't know he was owed anymore. So this is a company that didn't ask him to sign anything. They simply said, we're paying you six months. He didn't know he was owed anymore until someone told him, you know, I heard Lior on the show. I think wow. you may be owed more. Call Lior. And he did, luckily. So please, people, don't give me a, heart, a heartache like that or a heart attack like that. Don't cut uh, it so close. And, and John, by <laughs> the way, one of the things, one of the most common questions that I get, probably five, six people every day contact me with their termination matters that happened years ago, three, five, ten years ago. And it's always so frustrating to tell them, I can't help you right. because it's been more than two years. So there's a lesson there to be learned. If you lost your job, you have to deal with it right now. If this guy had waited another two uh, days, he would have lost a year's pay. How about that, right? One one year's pay. And by the way, now two years later, he still has not found another job. Okay? So very important to get Which is why money. you have to maximize your your uh, you know the benefits owed to you. Exactly right, John. So very important uh, you know don't don't be in that situation where you lose out. Uh, the second matter I'll tell you about uh, very briefly, actually, I got three calls uh, from people with the same situation this week so far, and it's only Wednesday. Essentially what happened, these folks were truck drivers, Mm -hmm. and their employer told them recently that we need you now to upgrade to a DZ license. You need to upgrade and get another type of more advanced trucking license. We're going to give you eight weeks to do that. Well, these individuals couldn't get their license in that period of time. Uh, Either they they weren't able to take the test or they took the test and didn't pass. 
So the, after eight weeks, the employer said to these three people, uh, well, uh, you didn't get your license, so we're going to let you go. We don't Adios. have to pay you anything. Mm-hmm. So long, farewell. Well, that is wrong. That makes it a wrongful dismissal. It's one thing to, to change the requirements of the job. You can only do that with appropriate notice, give people ample time to, to get their license. Eight weeks is certainly not enough in this situation. It's not the individual's fault the, the employer changed the requirement of the right. job. So in this situation, both these people that didn't get, all three people that didn't get the DZ license were wrongfully dismissed. They're owed their full severance. For, depending on each of the three, it's anywhere from six to 12 months pay that they're owed a significant amount. So remember, an employee can't just change the requirements of the job, and if you don't meet those requirements, you're out of there, okay? There's a process to doing that. You have to get notice. You have to get ample opportunity to do what's required of you. And if you lose your job because your employer is being unreasonable, that's on them. That is a wrongful dismissal. We'll take a quick break. The number in the meantime, please give us a call. I've got matters to discuss over the next 50 minutes. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And Lior at employmenthour.com through email. Lots more of the show coming up as we get into working notice of termination on the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640. 714 on your Wednesday evening. We get to the phone calls first before we carry on with any more information because it comes out during the calls as well. Got Sarah in Toronto. Good evening, Sarah. Hi there. Thanks very much for taking my call. No worries. Um, I had a question, not uh, with respect to a termination, but actually a demotion, basically, yeah. due to a, a reorganization. Okay. Um, I was told that my job title was changing and my pay grade was being reduced by two job grades, which is about $15,000 annually. Wow, that's significant, sure. And I was just wondering if if they're allowed to do that, <laughs> if I have any recourse. Um, Excellent question. Sarah, how long have you worked for this company? For six years. And you've had the same job over that period of time? Yes. Okay. So the the short answer, Sarah, is no, they're not allowed to do that. Uh, What I mean by that, if they demote you, if they reduce your pay, those negative changes uh, can be treated by you as what we call a constructive dismissal. Effectively, what that means is you have a choice. The choice is you can accept these changes, continue working, or you can say, no, employer, I'm not going to accept it. I'm going to leave and require you to pay me my severance. It's as if the employer has let you go without cause. So whenever an employer implements a negative change, a change that they're not allowed to implement, uh, such as this, you can treat that as a termination. Now, there's a reason you may want to consider doing that, and here's what that reason is. Right now, if you were to leave as a result of this change, you'd get your full severance. Let's say for argument's sake that that's six months' pay. It may be more, but let's say it's six months' pay. If you accept this demotion and the lower salary and they let you go two months later, they still have to pay you six months' pay, except now it's calculated on the basis of the reduced salary. So you're going to be losing a lot of money in that respect as well. So what you can do if you choose is to treat this as a constructive dismissal. My best advice, though, don't leave, don't resign or do anything before you and I speak off air because there's a strategy to doing this. I don't want you to just walk into the office and say, I quit. Okay, that's... uh... That's great information because, frankly, I didn't know I had any options. Yeah, so that is the option. I'd love to talk to you off air. John will give you the information, uh, and please don't do anything until we, we've done so. Doesn't it also mean that, Sarah, if she does this once, 
six months from now, they say, you know what, we're going to demote you a little, a little bit more. They can do that now. And right? that, that, that is the risk, Sarah, that if you accept this, you don't like it, but you accept it, you've created this precedent, that this history. So now the employer can say, aha, we've, there's an implied term. So in a year or six months or whatever it is, they'll demote again, they'll reduce salary again. And at that point, you may not be able to do anything about it. You only have one chance to do something about it. If not, you're deemed to have allowed them to do it again. Sarah, appreciate the call. Again, that number is 416-216-5900. Make sure you call Lior. Absolutely. Got uh, Brian in Toronto. Good evening, Brian. Good evening. Thanks for taking my call. No worries. What uh, What do you have in mind? Well, this is a scenario that involves my wife. She's been with the company 25 years in a senior management position. Yes. Uh, the company has uh, been purchased uh, through a merger, and uh, there's been a lot of... Uh, uh, people let go in various ways. In uh, her situation, uh, previous uh, persons in, in her role were receiving four weeks for every year, and that okay. was offered by, by management. Uh, the company that purchased, uh, purchased them is now um, is offering working notice rather than severance. How much was she offered, your wife? Um, for working notice with 25 years, she's aged uh, 61, and they offered her 18 months. Yes. Uh, tw- 12 months working notice and six months severance. So if she stays and works 12 months, they'll pay an additional six months pay. That's right. Okay. So so let me give you my thoughts, Brian. First of all, the working notice does count towards her severance. What I mean by that is that uh, the 12 months does count uh, as part of what they otherwise would owe her on termination. The problem here is that, in fact, they don't owe her 18 months, which is 12 plus 6. They probably owe her 24 months easily. Therefore, uh, their offer is not adequate. It's one thing to say, okay, we'll give you 12 months notice and then we'll pay you for an additional 12 months or we'll give you 18 months working notice and then we'll pay you for an additional six. But by doing what they've done, uh, that's not enough. Now, how many people work for this company? A total person, probably, I'm guessing 100. Okay. So the reality is your wife is not required to do or sign anything to get that extra six months pay. They have to pay that to her in any event under the Employment Standards Act. She's owed more. So my best advice is this. Do not have her, make sure she does not sign anything. She's owed more. When we get closer to the end of the working notice period, I want to talk to her so I can help her get the full entitlements that she has rather than the extra six months. Does that make sense, Brian? does uh that's considering she can last the the 12 months but but that's uh, very I, important brian because if she resigns yeah. before then i'm sorry to cut you off but if she resigns yeah. before then then she does not actually get any more severance so it's very very important Just stick it out she, she certainly can leave if she yeah. wants legally but by leaving she doesn't get any other compensation okay exactly and they're, they're creating a, a almost a hostile workplace they've taken away all her staff and basically her duties so she's coming into an empty desk and sitting there basically Doing well, you know what, then this is a different situation. And in that case, I do want to speak to her now because we may even be able to extract her from the workplace right now. So have her give me a call right now. I'll talk to her and see if we can uh, have her leave work uh, even sooner. Brian, that number, 416-216-5900. Again, 416-216-5900. Make sure you use that number. Call Lior as soon as you can. Lior, L-I-R, at employmenthour.com and 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Still taking lots of your calls here in the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640. Yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. is the number to get a hold of tonight. 
and bust out your questions for Lior to answer. In that regard, we get to Jack in Toronto. Good evening, Jack. How are we doing? Good, pal. What's going on with you? Well, I'll try to be quick. Uh, we hired an individual, uh, 100% commission, that um, our industry is uh, sort of uh, accepting. Yep. And uh, he had the option to come into the office or not. Um, and he had various uh, sales that were being made, and but they weren't what they needed to be. Uh, he came to me and wanted a, an advance on uh, his sales, which I gave him. And uh, a week or two later, uh, he came in and uh, basically said, you owe me uh, an hourly wage. And, of course, um, this was about a month after he had joined us, and we parted ways. So yeah. he, he took us to the Department of Labor, and they basically got my side of the story, got his side of the story. Uh, our industry doesn't pay an hourly wage there. You know the commission is is what is paid, and um, I guess they have come back to me and said we're accepting his position on this, and I guess um, I'm sort of where I am. Okay, so there's probably a bit more going on here. Did they, uh, did the Ministry of Labor say that he should be making at, le- at least minimum wage and that he was paid less than minimum wage? Is that what it was? No, he he came in after I had asked him to to provide me with, uh, again, some reports to yes. show the kind of potential orders he would have. Um, they weren't there, so he basically said, no, I'm, I uh, am not on commission, I, you owe me this. Subsequent to that discussion, I found out that he had scammed a couple of uh, employers before, one of them uh, that I was able to get in touch with uh, uh, verified that, and I guess I, uh, when you say there's more involved, I'm trying to think what else. So, so here's what here's what I can tell you. Certainly, from a legal standpoint, you absolutely can can pay someone 100% commission. There's nothing wrong with that, uh, and and it's one thing if you have an agreement to pay someone hourly and then you change it to commission, then yes. you know that may be a problem. But if the agreement is and was to pay someone a commission, there's nothing wrong with that. The ministry, the only reason the Ministry of Labor would interfere with that arrangement is if it breached the Employment Standards Act, if it was something illegal about it. Potentially, if he was required to do work that's not covered by sale and he should be compensated for that work, or if the yeah. commissions that he got was not enough to cover minimum wage, in those situations, potentially the, the uh, ministry may say, in addition to the commission, he also should be paid something else. Now, the best advice I can give you without having all that information is to send me the decision of the Ministry of Labor uh, and certainly, or at least send me what, what he said, and I can advise you because if the Ministry of Labor got this wrong, and by the way, they get these things wrong all the time, <laughs> there's an appeal process to the Labor Board here that's very simple, and we could potentially resolve it that way. The reason why you may want to do that, by the way, Jack, to, rather than keep this precedent, because if this precedent stays, it may hurt you with your other employees. Okay, and you don't want that. You want to get rid of this if what the ministry did is wrong. So, so send me a copy of what uh, what you got from the Ministry of Labor. Let me look at that and discuss that with you. And if it's wrong, we can get rid of it. Okay, I um, I appreciate that. Jack, I'm going to give you a number and an email here, and the number is four one six two one six fifty nine hundred, and the email is Lior L I O R 
at employmenthour.com. Ray, James, hang on the line, guys. We'll get to you. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming up on Talk Radio AM 640. At 7.33, it is 416-870-6400-640 on your cell. Right to the phones, James in Toronto. Good evening. Hi, James. Hey, James. Hi. Oh, hello. Hey, how are you? Not bad. How are you doing? Okay, you got a question for Lior. Go ahead. Yes, my question is, uh, I've been working for my company for 30 years now. Yep. And uh, I'm 56 years old. And uh, uh, there seems to have been a recent uh, round of layoffs. And there's always that question in the back of the mind, uh, am I going to be next? And uh, if that does happen, I just wanted to know what the legal amount of severance is that is is usually paid after uh, so many years Mm -hmm. of service. And because I'm in business development, is commission part of that severance, as is car allowance as well? Perfect questions. Excellent questions. So, James, your entitlements are based on three main factors, the length of your employment, your age, and the type of job that you have. For you, if we apply that to you in your position, business development, after 30 years of service at the age of 56, you're going to be looking at right around 22 to 24 months uh, of severance is what you're going to be owed, okay? So 22 to 24 months of compensation, that includes all components of your compensation. So salary, benefits, commissions, car allowance, everything. The idea is that they have to pay you everything you would have earned had you worked for that period of time. All right. So anything less than that would be a wrongful dismissal. Uh, so if if the, the unfortunate thing does happen and uh, you're, you're caught in the next round of layoffs, uh, now you know what to look for. Uh, and if you're not receiving what I've just told you, you have to give me a call and I can make sure that you get that. Okay. Now there's, there's another question. Yeah. Uh, and the question is, uh, a couple of years ago, they uh, uh, sent a, a notice out to... Uh, staff members that have been with a company for a long period of time, uh, basically, uh, I won't say forcing, but coercing them into signing a one-year severance uh, agreement. Okay, uh, is that something that would still that would stand up in in a court of law, or can that be challenged as well? James, did you receive anything for signing this? A signing bonus, a pay raise, a promotion, anything like that? No. So they just said you have to sign it, you signed it, nothing changed after you signed it. Right. If that's the case, it's not worth the paper it's written on. Uh, Because of that, it's not going to change it at all. If you had received something in return, different story Mm -hmm. potentially. But in your case, based on what you've just told me, it's not worth the paper it's written on. You still get two years. Right. Okay. Okay, James. So please keep the number handy. And if you're ever in that uh, layoff situation, you know what to do. You give me a call. James, 416-216-5900 is the number that Lior just mentioned. Got uh, Ray up in Concord. Good evening, Ray. Good evening. How are you, Leo? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Just left a nice evening with all my uh, electrical um, industry partners at a Christmas get-together. Sounds good. Nice. Sounds good. Lots of fun. Yeah. So now... Um, we had an employee work for us for about uh, two and a half years. He was uh, sales and sales development. Um, came to us about uh, a month ago to his supervisor, and he said, I'm leaving. I'm resigning. Here's my two weeks' notice. Yep. And by the way, I'm going to a competitor. Okay. 
the supervisor, the manager that he reported to, was kind of he's kind of new as a supervisor with our firm. So he didn't know what to do or what to say, so he didn't say anything. He said, oh, well, too bad you're leaving. Um, let me talk to, you know, let me talk to Ray. So he calls me, and I said, okay, that's fine. He wants to leave. It's his prerogative. Can't stop the guy if he's got a better job or something that makes him happier. It's okay. Yeah. So I said, I want to talk to him. So the guy calls me. We have a nice chat. And I said, so did you give us two weeks' notice? He said, yeah, but I'm going to a competitor. And I said, that's very nice. I'll see you tomorrow morning in the office at 8.30. He said, what? I said, I'll see you tomorrow morning in the office at 8.30. And he said, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He said, I'm going to a competitor. What are you talking about? I said, you gave me two weeks' notice, right? Right. He said, yeah. I said, so we have things to talk about (laughs) pertaining to your sales. So I'll see you tomorrow morning and every morning after that for the next two weeks. And we'll work out, you know, some of the projects that you have and your customer base and get all the details that I paid you for. Exactly. So he phoned his supervisor back, drove back to the office, dropped off his cell phone, his laptop, and all of his company property. And said, I'm not coming back tomorrow morning at 8.30 or any morning at 8.30. So I'm thinking, okay, so the guys now officially quit without notice. Right. Now, did you have an employment agreement with him, Ray, a, a, a written employment agreement? No, we did not. However, yep. when he joined the company, the document that he did sign said specifically that upon your termination or wish to leave, you would have to give us a minimum of two weeks' notice. Good. Okay. So here's here's the thing with respect to notice that employees have to give to employers. Uh, the, any requirement has to be based in a document signed by the employee. So in this case, if he signed a document that says, I'm going to give you two weeks' notice, he has to comply with that. However, the only mechanism to enforce that or the only way to seek compensation if he breaches it is if you can show that by him not giving you these two weeks' notice, you've incurred some losses, you've incurred some financial damages. If you can show that you've incurred damages which you would not have incurred had he given you two weeks' notice, you can potentially pursue those damages against him. If you cannot point to any damages... I can actually sue him... Yes. The losses that we incurred? Because he, if the losses were incurred because he did not give you two weeks' notice. If the losses would have been incurred in any event, no, you cannot sue him for it. But if the only reason you incurred those losses is because he did not give you two weeks' notice, then absolutely you could. What about, what about um, uh, termination notice? Not termination notice, but what about uh, severance? Well, you don't have to pay any severance to him because he's the one that quit. So you don't have to pay him anything. But I can still sue him for the losses. If I can prove you got it. that yeah, sales you... dip down to X amount of dollars and I can mm-hmm. prove all that. So maybe because he didn't properly transfer his files or didn't help you during that two-week period, you've lost something, you absolutely could go after him for that, no problem. Uh, but you, you would have to be, and you certainly <laughs> don't have to pay him any severance whatsoever, right? Wow, that's very interesting. <laughs> Got to run, Ray. I appreciate the call. Again, if you want more information, you can call uh, Lior 416-216-5900. The light bulb just went on for Ray. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the party, Ray. <laughs> we'll get to more phone calls. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. The Employment Hour, Talk Radio, AM 640.
744. We'll take it right up to just before 8 o'clock if you want to give us a call at those numbers. And you can also uh, email Lior, Lior at employmenthour.com and his personal number, 416-216-5900, until we get some more calls happening here. Let's talk about independent contractors versus employees. We uh, we get all kinds of, of calls every week and emails. I know you get at the office explaining the difference. So explain the difference between the two. Yeah, and, you know, people think it's it's very simple. You know, either uh, I call myself an employee or I call myself a contractor or and, and or the difference may be whether I'm paying my own taxes or if my employer pays my own tax or my, pay my, pays the taxes for me. It's not that simple, not at all. An independent contractor is someone that's in business for him or herself. An independent contractor is someone that runs their business, their business is to offer their services to others. They're, they're someone that doesn't work regular fixed hours, someone that has more than one client, someone uh, who is paying for their own expenses and, and uh, someone that has a lot of autonomy the type of autonomy that we're not going to see with an employee. On the other hand, an employee is someone that works regular hours for one company under the company's direction. They don't have a lot of flexibility. The employer pays for whatever expenses they incur during uh, work. And that's what an employee is. And oftentimes the problem arises where someone that legally really is an employee because they meet the criteria of an employee are referred to as an independent contractor or are treated uh, on paper as an independent contractor, and that's illegal. So let me give you an example. I've given you this one before. Kind of a gray area would seem to most people just based on your description. How about like a real estate agent? Yeah, and, you know, very, very, very common and, you know, almost like a little, uh, you know, dirty secret, if you will, of the real estate uh, field. A lot of real estate agents, uh, et cetera, are considered or are treated as independent contractors. So they're not employees. Uh, they pay their own taxes and, and they feel that that's the way it is. But most uh, real estate agents work for one brokerage firm. Uh, they can't work for others. They work full time for them. They spend all their time, all their efforts for that brokerage firm. So probably most of them in the eyes of the law are really employees and they have the same rights as employees. It's not enough to call yourself an independent contractor. So I see this all the time with uh, with real estate agents, real estate brokers, when someone is really uh, an employee in the eyes of the law uh, and, and not so on paper. What if you're incorporated? Does that mean you're an independent contractor? Yeah, and another very common question. Someone says, well, wait a second. I obviously can't be an employee or, or, or Bob can't be an employee because Bob's incorporated. Well, no, nonsense. Uh, anyone can incorporate. You can incorporate and be, uh, by tomorrow and be incorporated. You pay a fee, you file some papers, you're incorporated. That doesn't make you... Uh, an employee, if uh, the kid's working, or that doesn't make you an independent contractor. If the kid's working at uh, uh, the fast food joint tomorrow incorporated, that doesn't make them independent contractors. They're still employees. What matters, John, is the reality of the, on the ground. What matters is the actual relationship between the company and the individual. Not what you call it, not whether their taxes are being paid through a corporation, not if someone is hired through a third-party agency. The reality on the ground is the only thing that matters. What happens if the uh, said independent contractor gets fired or terminated from their position? Well, there you go. That's, that's exactly when the problems arise. So if you're really an employee, but you're treated or called an independent contractor, and then the position comes to an end, you may think, or the company you work for, you work for may think, well, you're an independent contractor. You don't get anything. We can just let you go without notice, without severance. 
But wait a second. If you're really an employee in the eyes of the law, then you're entitled to the same severance as you would get as an employee. Mm -hmm. And many, many, many people every single day, John, hundreds of people a day probably, when they lose their job, they're treated as an independent contractor. They believe that they are where they're not really, and they walk away without any severance, not even realizing that they have the same rights, the same entitlements as every employee. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Jonathan, how are you, pal? Great. And yourself? Good. You got a question for Lior? Yeah, a really quick question for Lior. Sure. So uh, you kind of resonated with me with what you're talking about because I'm not sure what I am. Essentially, I work for a company, and they're a subcontracting company. They host parties, and they will send me an email, and I could either accept the event or I can decline the event. There's no rule about how often I work with them. In fact, I haven't worked with them for many, many months because I have a a regular employee. Uh, But if they were to release me... Without cause, uh, do they owe me severance? Am I employed under the law? I'm not exactly sure what I am with that. Excellent question, Jonathan. I'm glad you asked it. From what you've described, given the fact that you don't have any particular obligations or regular hours, you have control over how many uh, parties or how how much work you want to do. You can reject work. You can work for others. You are probably an independent contractor. Uh, You're you're not someone that's working for them full-time regular hours under their discretion and supervision. So you're probably an independent contractor. That means if they end the relationship with you, they may owe you nothing or something very minimal. You wouldn't be entitled to the same thing uh, as an employee would. Thanks, Jonathan. We'll take a uh, quick break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We'll get to a couple more calls and wrap up this hour of the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640. We'll get right to the phone calls. We can dwindle down to our last few minutes here. Got uh, Rob and Allison. Good evening, Rob. How are you? Hey, hi, guys. How are you? Good, pal. What do you got a uh, question for Lior? Go ahead. You were talking about independent or dependent contractors. Yes. And I worked for a broker, a trucking broker who owned the truck, and he worked for a specific company. Yeah. Then the company was bought out, and I'm just kind of wondering what my start date would be. So uh, your start date, if the company is bought out then you, and you continue working, then your, your seniority continues. So your start date is whenever you started doing the job with the previous company. With the previous company. With okay. the previous company. So if, if your position ever comes to an end, uh, the, the, the service that will be credited to you will be the service back for the uh, previous company. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Because I asked them for a letter of employment, and it came back 10 years difference well, from when I started. Yeah. And, and really, when we talk about length of service, that's really important only mainly when, when it comes to losing your job and calculating severance. In their eyes, for the purpose of their paperwork, they may consider you to be only an employee when you started working with, with this specific outfit. But in the eyes of the law, uh, when it comes to your legal service, it comes counts back to the previous company. So we shouldn't have to worry about uh, getting that letter <coughs> adjusted. No, it, and certainly not with respect to a severance. It's not going to impact any of that. Got uh, Lawrence in Burlington. Hi, Lawrence. Hi, how are you guys tonight? Good. Good. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yeah, just working for years in, in like just the construction trade, doing, you know, carpentry and things like that. Not uh, um, The screener asked about union. It's non-union stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, um, I've never had a problem keeping work, but I've gone into situations where worked for a company for a year or two doing doing things, larger projects, and then at the end of that, you know, a bunch of us will get let go, and we always get this letter that you know says that you know based on the we're in construction, we're exempt hmm. from stuff. And I'm just wondering 
how that works. I know there is a line in the in the the act or the code or whatever it is that says we don't get certain things. But I'm just wondering if maybe you can speak to. I absolutely can. In fact, when I was preparing for the show today, one of the topics I wanted to talk about uh, was about severance on the, in the construction field. So I'm glad you asked this question. So let me make it very clear to you and, and to all our, our listeners. And that is this. You absolutely are entitled to severance if you work in construction. Not only are you entitled to severance, you're entitled to exactly the same amount as an employee that's not in construction, no less. Now, you refer to, to the act. The, that, that act is the Employment Standards Act. That act uh, governs the minimum entitlements that an employee has. So your minimum entitlements may be different if you're in construction, but frankly, that's irrelevant because your full entitlements, your full severance is going to be based on your age, the type of job, and your uh, length of employment. Uh, And nothing to do with whether it's construction or not. So because of that, every single time, if you lose your job and you're in construction, you and all our listeners, you are entitled to severance. Uh, so if you, that's happened to you, I can certainly help you still get severance. You, anyone that tells you otherwise is completely wrong. Well, cause I know I, I've listened to the show before and I've, I've heard you talking about, you know, people get severance working as little as three or four months. Absolutely. Yes. So, but construction, a lot of the stuff is like short term contract. Now, if you're, if you're, if you're hired for six months, if so, if you're hired on a six month contract, for example, then no, you don't get severance because the deal from the, from the outset was you're only going to be there for six months. But if you're hired with no specific end date and after six months, a year or whatever it is, you lose your job, that's fine, except you have to get severance. So if the company hired me and then I just moved from thing to thing to thing. And then they let you go. And then they just ran out of work kind of thing. It's not that they want to let me go. They just don't have work right now. They have to pay you severance. No exception, no excuse. Oh, okay. All right. Lawrence, appreciate it. I think another light bulb just went on tonight for sure. Yeah, huge, huge. So let's let's talk quickly about the severance you calculator because yep. Lawrence and all our listeners, if you want to know how much you're owed, well, you can call me, you can call the show, you can call me at the office. Or you go to severancepaycalculator.com, you input the length of your employment, your age, your position, and it's going to tell you how much severance you're owed. It's a very easy-to-use tool. Anyone can use it. It takes about uh, 20 seconds, and it's going to tell you. So severancepaycalculator.com. Check it out now. Tell your, tell your friends about it. Do not ever, ever, ever sign a severance offer without using it first. And the numbers are correct. People have called you and said, these are, these are way out of line. Yeah, no, right? the numbers are too high. No, these, the numbers are correct. The reason why you think they're high is because, again, there's a lot of misconceptions out there. Mm-hmm. That's what the severance calculator does. It tells you the truth. Uh, so use it, severancepaycalculator.com. And if you didn't get your uh, questions answered or on the phone or otherwise tonight, you can go to terminationquestions.com too. That's well. right. We had a few people that called us we didn't get to. Anyone that has questions, go to terminationquestions.com. Ask me a question online. It's anonymous. It's free. I answer as quickly as I can. Uh, happy to do that terminationquestions.com. Until we join you on the weekend, the number is 416-216-5900. That is Lior's direct number and his email, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour once again on Talk Radio, AM 640.